Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. I want to take you back two weeks ago, Monday night, about 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. rather, uh, Nikki and Josh were watching uh, Monday Night Football, and they came into the room, and they said, something bad has happened. You need to come see. So we all sat down in the living room and watched the, the show or the, the football game, and one of the things that was interesting about it was how often they kept going to TV commercials. If you were watching the game, maybe you remember that. Well, that wasn't normal. And then something else that stood out to us as we were watching the game was how you had players, 300-pound linemen, and these guys who can run through a brick wall crying and consoling one another. And something that was very touching that everyone in the U.S. saw and picked up on on social media was the fact that in a rare moment you had individuals, these football players, praying And while I don't know everything about their faith or who they may be praying to, I'm sure some of them were praying to the God of the Bible. And I know there are Christians around the United States praying. They were praying because a man by the name of DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest, not once, but twice. And yet he was revived, thankfully. And thankfully, he is back home. I think he is with the team again. But this moment here, it stood out to me. Did it stand out to you? Did you pray when you saw what happened? One of the things that Nikki and I and Josh did, we we did, we prayed. And I'm not trying to say that to brag or anything like that, but it put into reality how short life really is. We have one life to live. Love God. Love your life. Like your sports. Life is not all about sports. But it reminded me about prayer. And when something tragic happens, one of the things that many people do, they pray. It's a, it's a, it's a default mode and something good that all of us should do. Look over in Acts chapter 12. We see that this is what the church did when there was some kind of tragedy, when something tragically happened or something suddenly happened that was, that was, uh, that was shocking. The people of God, they came together and they prayed to the God of heaven. In Acts chapter 12, Peter, the apostle, has been thrown into prison. Uh, the leaders are intending to kill him. And so in verse number 5, the Bible says, So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. I love that because the church came together. And they came together for one single purpose. Pray. They came together to pray and their prayers were heard by God. When you look down in verse number 12, Peter is actually going to be uh, released from prison. An angel intervenes. And in verse number 12, Peter goes to verse 11 and 12. Peter goes to the house and they're actually a little bit surprised that he is knocking at the door. Pray this morning. I want to talk about prayer. And the importance of prayer. And my hope in prayer is that all of us will be reminded about the surpassing greatness of God. That is the one that we pray to. He is the one that will move on our behalf. And my hope and prayer for all of us in 2023 is that we become even more people of prayer. When you look in the Bible, 
in both the old and the new. There are so many examples of both men and women who were individuals who prayed. And I want to begin with the women. We know that certainly there would have been women here at the house of Mark and his his mom's house who were praying to God. If we stay in the book of Acts, look over in Acts chapter 16, we understand a woman by the name of Lydia and other women were women of prayer. In Acts chapter 16 and verse number 13, Paul and Silas, when they were in Philippi, The Bible says, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate. Luke would have been with them, it sounds like, to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. These women understood the significance of prayer. They understood who they were praying to. And Paul and Silas and others went there to share the word of God with them where Lydia and others were baptized into Jesus Christ. In our Bible class in Luke chapter 2, will you read that with me, please? In Luke chapter 2 and verse number 37, after the birth of Jesus, there are so many unique and special events that are taking place. Simeon, who is guided by the Holy Spirit, sees the Messiah and holds him in his hand. But there's also a woman that sometimes we may overlook. Her name was Anna, and she was a prophetess. And what we find is that she devoted her life to fasting and to prayers. There was a prophetess in verse 36, Anna, the daughter of Phinuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. That, my friend, well, that is dedication. And that shows us how much Anna understood the significance of prayer Most importantly, who she was praying to and the confidence she had in God. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 16. And this woman here is often overlooked, but Hagar plays a significant role in the book of Genesis. When Sarah and Abraham were doubting their faith in God, whether or not they would be able to have a child, they they got too far ahead and they made their own plans. And uh, Sarah told Abraham to lie with Hagar and she would have a child by the name of Ishmael. And when she would be sent away... In Genesis chapter 16 and verse number 13, she would call on the name of the Lord. She was a woman of prayer. And I love what it says here. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are God who sees. For she said, have I even remained alive here after seeing him? You know, when you think about praying to God and why we should pray, we should be praying because the Father, our Father in heaven, our God, he sees. He sees you. And he knows you. And he knows me. And Hagar, a woman that was kind of disregarded, she understood. No, my God in heaven, he sees me. He sees what I am experiencing. Do we see God? We should. Through his word. And we should see the significance of prayer. These women understood something important about prayer. They focused their time and their attention on prayer. Look over in Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. Esther was one of the strong women that we read about in the Old Testament. The book of Esther comes right after the book of Nehemiah. And there was something that Esther did that continues to stand out where she put her life on the line to save her people. In Esther chapter 4 and verse number uh, 12, Mordecai had, give, had, given, uh, had received this information from Esther about what was taking place in the kingdom there in Susa. 
Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's pilots can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from one, from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Mordecai was encouraging Esther to do something brave and courageous, and certainly only with the help of God. In verse 15, Esther replied to Mordecai, and watch what she said in verse 16. Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. While the word prayer is not found in there, prayer and fasting is something that often went hand in hand. And no doubt Esther had this faith and confidence in God to turn to him and trust him in her prayers. And who can forget about this woman by the name of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1? This is maybe one of the examples that we turn to quite a bit, but it's an example that never gets old. Hannah was a woman, and maybe some of the women here, not maybe, I know some of the women here can relate. Some of the women have felt this pain before, where Hannah, uh, she is she is struggling And she has this great desire for a child. And in chapter 1 and verse 10, she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. This was not a short, neat, clear, you know, kind of concise prayer. This is a messy prayer. She is praying and weeping and bitterly pouring out her heart to God. And God would answer her prayer. Pray. These women had the faith to turn to the one who could move on their behalf. And to all the women here at West Main, I'm thankful that we have so many women here who are women of prayer. My encouragement to you is to pray even more in 2023. You know, you have an opportunity on Tuesdays where the women gather here for a ladies' Bible study. And part of that study is to, to read the Word of God, but also to pray. And women need to pray. You play a part And your prayers are significant and important. Pray. These are the examples for you. And there are many more that we could give. But there's also plenty of men who pray. Prayer is not just for women. Prayer is for all of us. And Jesus, if you've been doing your daily Bible reading, look over in Mark chapter 1. I love how Mark is a fast book. It's only 16 chapters. The word immediately is found all throughout the book. And one of the things that Jesus did immediately and often and consistently was he went to his father in prayer. And he made the sacrifice to do that. He got up early in verse 35 while it was still dark. Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus would slip away in verse number 16. He would often do that in his ministry because he understood how much he needed to communicate to his father and the strength that would come. Paul and Silas, if you're looking for a template to follow in your prayers, look over in Acts chapter 16. I will ask you, brothers and sisters in Christ, are you suffering this morning? If you are suffering this morning, it does not mean that you stop worshiping God. It means that you lean into worshiping God even more. When you find yourself tired and weary and worn and depressed and challenged with things in life, you don't shrink away from God. You turn to God even more. And that's what Paul and Silas did in prison. None of us are in prison. Sometimes life can kind of feel like we're in a prison. Relationships can feel that way. 
Situations in life can feel that way. Paul and Silas give us a template to follow. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Don't ever be embarrassed to pray in front of other people. We're so sensitive about what people may think. Who cares? Let's be pleasing to our Father in heaven. They're praying to God. And other people heard their prayers. And that would have an impact upon a soul and a particular family, the Philippian jailer's family. What about Nehemiah? Look over in Nehemiah chapter 1. We learned something else about prayer here in Nehemiah chapter 1. When you read Nehemiah between chapter 1 and chapter 2, there's about three months that have passed. And what we find in Nehemiah chapter 1 in the Old Testament, Nehemiah beginning in verse number 4, he got bad news. He heard of suffering. There's a pattern here. When you're suffering, you pray even more. You turn to God even more and you trust in Him even more. He was fasting and praying before the God of heaven in verse 4. He was confessing the sins of the people. He was acknowledging the awesome nature of God in verse number 5. I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God. That's who we turn to in prayer. And he petitioned God. And what we find in chapter 2 is that when it came time for Nehemiah to stand before the king in verse number 3, In verse number two, he was afraid. And in verse number three and four, he prayed to the God of heaven. See, Nehemiah did not just merely pray when he was by himself, but even in those moments, those decision point moments, Nehemiah knew, I must pray. And that's what he did. And so many other individuals, and God, by the way, answered his prayer. God moved on his behalf. Men like Simeon praised God and and worshiped God and no doubt prayed to God. And what about Daniel? Look over in Daniel chapter 10 in the Old Testament, this mighty prophet of God. I love this story here because it shows us something about prayer. It shows us that there is something behind the scenes that is taking place when it comes to prayer. Prayer is something that we are to do and we are to trust in God. And God is working behind the scenes providentially, moving on our behalf according to his will. We don't always know how that works or when things will happen or what he might do. But we just have to believe that he is hearing our prayers. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel had been praying. This actually goes back to chapter 9 where he had this interaction with an angel by the name of Gabriel. And beginning in verse number 10, Gabriel, it says, Then behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I'm about to tell you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to your words. Angels are ministering spirits. And from the very first day, Daniel prayed, Gabriel saying, God heard your words. But here's something else to keep in mind. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and I think he's talking not about a physical king, uh, prince, But I think he's talking about the spiritual warfare that's taken place was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Well, we may not have all the details. I know that Gabriel and Micah or uh, Michael on behalf of God were working for Daniel. 
And they, God, had heard his prayers. And while some time had passed, it did not mean that God did not care or that God did not hear and that God would not intervene. He would. And if you think about the devil, the devil knows something that we all need to know. The devil knows the power of God. And the devil knows what God is able to do. He knows the the, the providence of God and what God is able to do. Do we understand that? If we don't, then prayer is just going to be another sermon. Okay, I need to pray. But if we do, then our lives will be changed forever. Pray more than ever before. But prayer, sometimes we may think prayer is easy. You think prayer is easy? I think at times prayer is a little bit challenging. So challenging that Jesus even taught, here is how you pray. Pray this way. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount? There's a couple of examples of how we are supposed to pray. And Jesus is obviously the best example. Look over in Matthew chapter 6. As he talked about the hypocrites beginning in in Matthew chapter 6 about... Uh, how they gave and, and how they wanted their reward from men. Jesus is going to give us a template to follow. It's not a word-for-word word thing that we have to say, but he's instructing us of the mindset, the attitude, understanding who it is that we are approaching in prayer. Pray this way. In verse number 8, he says, So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. The Father already knows what we need, and that's reason for us to ask. He is the source of our provisions and the source of our deliverance. So you pray then in this way, Jesus said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Understand when we pray, we're praying to the God of heaven. That's what Nehemiah understood. That's what Daniel understood. That's what Hannah understood. And this God of heaven is holy and righteous and true and just. And while he sits high, he looks low and he hears the prayers of his people. And we need to revere him and honor him and understand who exactly we are approaching in prayer. What a blessing that Jesus is our great high priest and that we can turn to the Father in prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Notice emphasis of God's will being done. We pray according to his will being accomplished. That will change and shift how we pray to God, because then it requires that we understand his will and what it is according to his will. Now, the kingdom has come. This spiritual kingdom, John 18, has has come. It's here. We are a part of this spiritual kingdom. We've been transferred into the kingdom according to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13. And that word kingdom can be used in an abstract and concrete way. And we can pray for God's will and his rule and reign to prevail. The kingdom is already here, and we don't pray for the coming kingdom because it already exists. But the emphasis I want you to see is praying according to his will, and that ultimately it's not about us, but it's about him and his rule and his reign. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. When you think about this prayer or this aspect of the prayer, yes, we petition the the throne of heaven. And yes, we pray according to his will. But remember what Jesus said in verse number nine. He already knows what you need. And so we also pray for the things that we need. And so we pray to the one that can give us our daily bread. Do you think God can provide you with what you need for 24 hours? What about 48 hours? What about a month? What about 40 years? Well, he provided for the Israelites manna 
for four decades. And if he could provide this bread from heaven for four decades without fail, then surely he can give us our daily bread in these 24 hours. So we pray with faith and we ask and we petition and we also pray for forgiveness and for mercy. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our prayers certainly should be acknowledging and confessing our sins and praying for this forgiveness that he offers and the mercy that he provides and for strength to overcome the evil one. Our prayer life should never get stale or old. Because there's just so much to pray for. And if we just think about ourselves, that's a, that's a full-time job. But now you think about over 200 people that you know. Prayer should never be something that we just kind of grow old or tired of. And I don't know what else to pray for. Well, if we reach that point then there's something that is getting in our way. Maybe that is sin or stubbornness or pride. Jesus says, no, this is how you pray, and there's so much to pray for. You pray this way, Jesus said in Luke chapter 18. Notice what Jesus said here. He gives a whole parable. I believe we talked about this in the class last quarter with Cody. In Luke chapter 18, here is how you pray. Pray this way, he said. Now he was telling them, look at verse 1, telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. That is where I think sometimes prayer is challenging. It's hard to pray and not lose heart. Have you ever lost heart? Have you ever thought to yourself, God doesn't hear me. He's not going to move on my behalf. He's not going to answer this prayer. Well, Jesus is telling us, here is how you pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay, pray and do not lose heart. You know, sometimes your prayers might not be answered for a long period of time. Sometimes it may not even be according to God's will. And so as we grow in our maturity and faith, we continue to pray to God and trust that however he answers, it will always be good for us and we don't lose heart. I've been going through the daily Bible reading here at West Main. I want to encourage everybody to do this. And I've also uh, been doing this um, chronological Bible reading for the year. And one of the things that stood out to me, if you look over in Genesis chapter 24, I think this is another great example of prayer. Sometimes our prayers or how God responds may be delayed like it was with Daniel. It took about three weeks, but Daniel eventually talked to the angel. We're not going to hear from an angel. But we understand that sometimes as we pray for things for a long period of time, sometimes things are just taking a long time. But I love this story in Genesis chapter 24 when Abraham was about to die. Abraham was thinking about his son Isaac about the woman he was going to marry one day. And a great example for us as parents, let's think about our children and let's do what we can to prepare them for marriage and finding them someone that would be pleasing to God and that will lead them in the paths of righteousness. Abraham was concerned about the kind of woman his son would marry. So he sent out his servant to to go find someone. And I want you to listen to the prayer of this servant in verse 12. He said in Genesis 24, Oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. That's how you pray right there. He is direct, he is petitioning, he is asking, and I love this because as he was standing by the spring to draw some water, oh, actually, let me go back, look at verse 13. 
He said, Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city were coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, Drink, and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Here's what I want you to see. Before he had finished speaking. Now that is awesome. Because God answered his prayer immediately before he was even finished with it. And who came to the well? Rebecca. This servant had confidence to go to God in prayer. And my point that I want you to see here, Jesus said that you pray always and not lose heart. So it it, it doesn't matter the time frame even though that is very pressing upon us and challenging at times. Sometimes God will intervene immediately, and sometimes it may take a long time. Or sometimes God will say no, but whatever the case is, we trust in him, and we don't lose heart in prayer. We turn to the one who provides for our needs, and we turn to him constantly in prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7, Peter shows us pray this way. While he may not use those exact words, he is certainly helping us to see here is how you pray. First Peter 5 and verse 7, these were Christians who were suffering. And he said, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is why we pray. This is why we don't lose heart. This is why we pray with confidence because the one who we're praying to cares for us. And he says, I can take all of the care that you or the troubles that you have. Just give them to me. Pray this way. And brothers and sisters, that is how we need to pray. We pray with confidence and we go to the one who is in heaven and we pour out our hearts. Psalm chapter 42. Hopefully there is this desire that we have to to worship God, to fellowship with God, and to turn to him in prayer. Well, David and other psalm writers understood the significance of this. And I love in verse verse number one, it says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear, appear before God? You know, if our soul does not have this desire to, to, to love God and to hear God through his word and to talk to God in prayer, prayer will become even more challenging. But notice what the psalmist said. My tears have been my food day and night. Have you been feasting or eating on your tears day and night that's a person who is hurting a person is troubled but it's also a person who goes to god in prayer and this is how we pray hannah prayed this way and other great individuals of the word of god they prayed this way and when you think about prayer and this idea of praying to god it is at times a challenge And I want to challenge you today to struggle in prayer, to struggle in prayer. Kevin led us in a great Bible class in the book of Colossians. Let's turn over there. I I really like this idea of struggle. Uh, I like talking about it, but I guess if I'm being honest, it, it is pretty challenging to live, to struggle. But Paul used this language twice in this book. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 1, Paul said, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf, 
And for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. I find it interesting that there were those there that Paul had not seen face to face. And yet, because of their relationship or fellowship through Jesus Christ, Paul said, I'm struggling for you. I'm pouring myself out for you. I'm I'm doing what I can for you, that their hearts may be encouraged. Paul understood the, the sacrifice to love his brothers and sisters in Christ the right way. And so he said, I'm struggling for you. I'm struggling on your behalf. But he wasn't the only one. Sometimes we think, well, I can never be the Apostle Paul. Fine. Can you be Epaphras? Do you know who Epaphras is? He's at the end of the book. And this is where I want you to be. This is where I need to be in 2023. Look over in Colossians chapter 4. I'm asking you to pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12, while these words are towards the end of the book, they're very important. Epaphras, one who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings. I'm reading from the New American Translation. Always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers that you may stand perfect and fully assured in the will of God. There's something for you to pray for, for your brothers and sisters in Christ. But I also want you to notice how it said he was always laboring for you in your prayers. Different translations will say labor, struggle, wrestling, always laboring fervently. That is a lot of action. And that's a lot of energy and a lot of focus. That's love. And that's what Epaphras did. And brothers and sisters, this is what we need to do for one another. Do you agree with this? We need to struggle in prayer with one another, for one another. But to do that, we also have to know some things about one another. We have to have some time with one another. We have to be willing to share some things with one another. We need one another. And we need to pray. How do we struggle in prayer? You know what it's going to require? We need to put our attention on our intentions. And prayer should always be something that we are very intentional about. Let me show an example of some mature Christians and what they understood about prayer and Bible reading. In Acts chapter 6, when there was a, a trouble that arose in the church in Jerusalem, this trouble had to be resolved. This trouble was not overlooked. But I want you to notice the intentionality of the apostles in verse number 2 and verse number 3 and 4. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. So they're not saying that they weren't concerned about these widows who were being neglected. But they said, listen, we have other responsibilities. And there are other things that we have to focus on as well. And we have enough men here that can handle this issue. Look at verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That is being intentional. Devoted to prayer. Are we that intentional? What the apostles did, they said no to something that was actually good. They understood that others could pick up the slack could do that. But they said no because this we have to make sure this doesn't get tabled either. So I want to encourage and challenge all of us this morning, what might do what might we need to say no to even more in 2023? And when I say even more, I'm talking about myself and you. 
where do we need to tell ourselves, no, I have to be devoted to the word and to prayer. This was how important prayer really was. We need to struggle in prayer. And we need to pray the way that God wants us to pray. And as we close this morning, we need to be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to say, no, this is how I'm going to do, or this is what I'm going to do. We need to pray together. And as I think about prayer, the church in Acts chapter 12, they stopped everything for one, one member, Peter. We, we got to come together. We got to pray right now. Everything stops because this brother is in need of prayer. And when you think about in the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verses 3 through 5, when enemies came against the people of Judah, Jehoshaphat said, everything stops. And we all must gather in Judah to pray immediately. That's sacrifice. That's being intentional. And that is who we need to be. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on Amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do, and so can you. Take care, and God bless.